So, so, so before the break, um, you had uh, elaborated your beginning and schooling and etc. Yeah. And your research. Now, um, especially on the research, we had talked about how basically the um, okay, you noted that uh, <laughs> most of the people interested in providing and funding this research are from outside. Um, what do you think that says about this country, the national character of, of Kenya as a whole? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I think you mentioned something about politics. And mm -hmm. I, the political class is the, ones, is the one which makes decisions, right? Sure. And so there's a lot that 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 is being done wrong and we should be done right and i really blame the political class for it not only the the political class but but also as as young people and as citizens because it's rooted in culture when you have a culture of of basically everyone stealing even if it's exams even if it's agenda process corruption and all these things and when you have a teacher a teacher, a lecturer. We had a lecturer who used to teach us quantity surveying. So sometimes the cut was mm -hmm. hard, so it could just kind of go to drink water, you know, and that means you guys could, could have a conversation and steal and everything, and then it could come back, you know. And students huh? liked him, you know. Uh, it's that way. It's that way. Um, so I can say what is written about this country is not only the leadership, but the rest of us, the people who are sober, the people who who, who have done pristine things, the, the right the right people, are not even in this country. Probably they are somewhere in other country leading other processes and getting changed somewhere else. So we are seeing. I cannot, you know, I cannot, I cannot rule everybody off. I will say that there there are a lot of people also who who are well meaning, who are doing the right things. But we have not reached in a place where the right thing is appreciated, doing the right thing. Whether it's policy, implementing policy, whether it's corruption, cutting on corruption. And I just mean cutting, not... not <laughs> we should not dream of a country without corruption, you know? Just cutting corruption, whether it's that. People are not okay with that. Whether it's leadership, wow. I don't, I don't trust that the young people are going to change this country with the way I see campus politics. I mean, it's even worse than, than national politics. And so there's a lot to fear about, to be optimistic, pessimistic about, but there's also a sense in which we have to be hopeful. You know, we hope that one day we have, we will vote for for someone who actually has a track record, someone who has leadership. The problem is not that they're not there, they exist. The problem is, even if they exist, even if we like them on Twitter, we won't vote for them. And that's the reality. And we have a lot of young people. I don't 90% of young people are not, have not gone to tertiary institutions. They don't have formal education, tertiary formal education. And I was reading Adalberg research that was saying, these people, they self-reported that they don't have any leadership skills. You, they cannot be trusted to deliver anything, you know? 
it seems like education is synonymous with value, with virtue, with with how much someone can contribute to the society. So we we have a lot of problems as a country. And I think that the the problem is deep rooted. We cannot count on one person or two people to change it. But we somehow have to do something. Those ones those ones okay. so bad. Those, sorry? Those ones who are sober, you know? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so, okay, just on that. Yeah. Uh, I I happen to be a bit more radical. Um, radical? Okay. Yes. <laughs> the Why? Why being, oh. uh, the reason being, you cannot obviously legislate morals. Um, people are going to decide to do what they're going to decide to do. However, yeah. Uh, I, I, I think the number one problem is we lack three things. Uh, we lack mm. a national character. I'll, 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 I'll get back to that. Exactly. Uh, That's what I guess. But we lack a national character. Yeah. We also lack a national narrative. You see, uh, if I can give an example, you have, you have, um, it, it, let's go back to other countries um that let's say are doing well okay you have the uk you have us you have all these other countries with a history and a narrative they have they have monuments they have things that define and a dream <laughs> yes yeah. actually the, the the dream now is the objective because which for yeah. me is the third thing you look at oh. china china was the richest and most powerful country for many years yeah. um and they lost it you know, um, during the imperial age when Europe became uh, industrialized and all these things. And they have a mission right now when you look at the Belt and Road Initiative, whatever they're doing, uh, yeah. strapping countries, they have a, a, a goal to reclaiming that position. And everyone is pitching in. Uh. So essentially, they, they, they have a certain drive towards something. When you look at Kenya, there is. Mm, what are we here for? <laughs> you know, so um, I, I I don't know. My I'll, I'll give you my views later, but tell yeah. me a bit more. I, I don't know. With what's going on in Kenya right now, um, this is 2020, and it beats yeah. my mind. Yeah, it beats my mind that this is 2020, and there are people who are living as if this is 1963. As in, they're living in the same conditions that many of our people lived in 1963. And for me, it disturbs me a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it also does disturb me. And I, I let me look at it, at it from, a, from an African perspective, because now I have like, a, I'm like a Pan-African thing. Yeah, so um, it's so sad that uh, people are living in conditions that we think should have stopped to exist, but they do. This poverty, um, the things that are depicted by BBC. I think there's a problem with the echo. Of your I'm sorry? I think there's a problem with the echo of your phone. Like when echo. I speak, it echoes, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Let's try again. Oh, okay. Um, 
so i was saying yeah hello go ahead go ahead yeah yeah um so i'm saying i'm also saddened by by the plight of many many african people so i look it from an african point of view i'm i'm so saddened by the existing conditions it's so embarrassing when the things we see on bbc as much as that narrative you may not agree with it but the thing is that it's true people are still living in poverty as much as we have resources you know congo is the essentially the richest country in, in the continent but the the most war stricken the, the poorest can, country i guess um at least in the eastern and central region it is the poorest and it has it has all the minerals we can talk about it's the richest essentially but it's the poorest you know so this condition this condition of africa is is not good at all it's an image that we have we have given the world that we cannot do things well for ourselves you know and so embarrassing that some of these things that are happening in the continent years later many 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 years later you know there's not so much change has happened you know i contributed to the to this essay competition known as wongozi institute blog competition leadership competition we were talking about agriculture and intra trade and when you look at the papers the policies and the declarations they they are there are many in africa we have the right motives we we have the right knowledge the the intentions to really do the good things to take on the right direction the pro- the problem though it's that there is there is no action even in the country we are policy we are policy wonks we kenya is known to to be so good at so many policies you know kenya is so well known for its policies for its diplomacy for so many things but these things are not being implemented so what i can blame what i can say about this this plight we find ourselves in it's it's in action it's in action you know that's also rooted in the things you said that there's no national character they we don't have a narrative odam kind of seeing a pan african kind of narrative coming up we also want to take on the world to reclaim our position you know and so that's a good thing i'm seeing that africans are embracing their culture you know and that's like Af- and the problem is just in mere words you know? but it's just the way i'm seeing attraction in the right direction so if we were are, actually, are you if you were actually yeah. acting Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, go on. Yeah, yes, you, you, you can speak. So, sorry, I. Um, okay, so let me let me let me give you an example. Um, and okay, I totally agree. There is there is a glimmer of hope. Yeah. Uh, but I, I I'm of, I'm feeling with the way uh, things are running. uh we can honestly do better and we can do because um essentially how things right now right now you have majority of industry monopolized by a few families uh not only in Kenya but in many african countries 
the other day, I think Malawi elected a new president. And he mentioned <laughs> it, by the way. Politics yeah. have become... I don't know if you have a speech. Yeah, okay. Oh. He speaks like uh, MLK Jr. Yeah, that um, guy is beautiful. Yes. <laughs> He's very eloquent. So he, he, he mentioned that it seemed like, uh, you know, the politics of this country and the industry had become, you know, a struggle between two families. And when he said that, I, I was wondering, okay, this sounds a lot like Kenya. And I realized many um, African countries, the ones that don't have dictatorships, <laughs> are fights between yeah. a few families. And essentially, it's like, uh, to lead, you know, we want, we want freedom so that we can fight amongst ourselves and oppress each other. But instead of that, I, I don't know. My, okay, what I landed on, basically, is uh, what we need is a new constitution. You can never, obviously, eliminate corruption completely. I mean, even if you come up with institutions, um, yeah. like we saw with the anti-corruption here in Kenya, the, the anti-corruption commission, whatever it is, it yeah. was just co-opted by parliament. And right now, it's basically toothless again. Uh, yeah. Even after they put uh, that very eloquent guy, uh, what's his name? <laughs> um, <laughs> how could I forget his name? Hmm. The, the guy who speaks uh, very interesting speeches, anyway. In Kenya, oh. Uh, Hello. Been, uh, yeah, yeah. What's his name? Oh. Uh, anyway, we'll remember. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, so he, 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 he had been there, I think, as a director, and uh, everybody fought him to the point where he was unable to even do his work. And I yeah. think possibly he was, he was, um, he was bought, I don't know. But yeah, he was, actually. Um, yeah? There's a speech he was giving. Um, there's a speech he was giving, because I, I sometimes listen to him. And he was saying that, uh, the thing is, you might be... Someone who is clean, wanting to create change and everything. The thing is, the thieves also know that you are a good person. So they know how to smear you as well. So you have to look as the bad one, you know? They kind of smear you. And that's how they fight you. If, if you are a good person, they, they will fight you in every way. They will smear you. And that's how they did to him. And that's so he left. Um, I think he was uh, removed by, by the parliament, right? I don't remember that story. Yes, well. yes. Yeah, but that's what happened. Mm, Anybody who's good, okay. people know you. Yeah. You stand for value. Obviously, they're going to fight you. And but I, I think by seeking for for liberty and freedom and you know progress, uh, in as an individual, or uh, is is useless. Uh, you know, going out and speaking out yourself. You know, like the way uh, this um, Boniface Mwangi, you know, yeah, huh. uh, the activist, uh, yeah. he tried to run for parliament and he lost. Obviously, he was going to lose. Why? Because he was acting, he was not acting from a base. See, if your base is Facebook, where people are saying, hey, Boniface and Elia, you know, that we support you, that's nothing. You need to build yeah. a political movement. And especially, really, just a, a movement where 
you have dedicated members, you have all these things, if you're going to fight the establishment. Anyway, my, my view is simply we need a new constitution and we need a political movement together. So, um, Why do we need a new constitution? Because the one we have, we think it's good, but you see, if, if a constitution can be subverted, then it's, it's not a good constitution. A good constitution cannot be subverted. But it's people who are It's the people. It is my, like, look at the US Constitution, 200 years plus. This country has not been here even for 100 years. And even this Constitution has not been here for, for is it 10 years or? I think it just hit 10 years this year. Mm -hmm. And you, you, it's already, you know, on, on the deathbed. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, as as I've, as I've, okay, this is my opinion, you might disagree, but like we we need something that is airtight. Because yeah, yeah, that's that is the point. you cannot change people, but you can set up a supreme law that is airtight. That's what you can do. No, no, okay, okay. That's very interesting though. Mm -hmm. um, I don't find a big problem with the constitution we had a constitution although it requires some some reforms but it's a constitution that that has been been praised across the world for for its very progressive reforms that that it, it has now the problem i don't think is the document it's the people you know when we have a when we have people of political leanings they have to be politically right or or wrong they have you know they have to do certain things because, because if they they act the right way of a certain way, they're going to be sacrificed politically. Now that's a problem. You know, in the U.S., in the U.S., anybody can stand for anything. A Republican can stand against a Republican and still be okay. A Democrat can be against a Democrat and be still, still like everybody can hold on to certain values. And even if Democrats and Republicans disagree. There are certain there are certain things that they have in common that they want the best for the country. They have this thing you call the national character and national pride that they have. So everybody, everybody, every politician in, in, in the UK, in the US, not every politician, but I will say that they, there's a sense in which they they have the character which lacks here in in the political leadership in the country, which you also talked about needs to change. But for my case, I think that the political political leadership and the national character is what needs to, to be changed. We can have the best document as far as um, we are concerned, but hey, you're going to have people who are not going to uphold, uphold it because, we, because we, we, we get that even the CJ right now, you know, as much as the constitution um, upholds the Independence of of certain institution in the country. If the political elites are not okay with that, they will do anything anything to to you. And so we have to change. For me, the priority is to, to change the national character and to have poly politics that care about the people and not about a few people. Okay. Okay. So. Um... I will still disagree with that because <laughs> like okay um before we move to another topic um let's let's kill this one um 
let's look at uh i think they okay uh there's there's all obviously you need good people uh to be in power but because of the fallen condition of man you cannot always guarantee that you're going to get good people essentially what you can guarantee is a good set of laws that will ensure whether someone is good or bad something good will be done in governance it will be so hard for a bad person who has entered into power to do something bad so uh, let me give an example let's say uh, according to the original constitution the uh, is it inspector of police uh, he was uh, supposed to be uh, that that post by the way was supposed to be uh, really detached from the executive and if you remember the moy days the according yeah. to the previous yeah. system the guy was actually chosen directly by by the president which was so weird um mm. and i compare that with i think that was a step in a good direction okay because now um mm. the president doesn't have direct police powers in the us the president does not have police powers he has no authority uh, even when he declares emergency he doesn't become you know like in the roman system you are proclaimed a dictator uh, you a dictator simply meant someone who has full powers it's <laughs> it's not with, with the connotation of today but um in the us you have police that are local police uh so every it's there's nothing like a national police which i think was a brilliant idea because you cannot have someone at the top giving instructions to the police and even with the military it has to go through congress so essentially uh you have all these checks and balances and even if someone let's say like trump comes into office he can't just you know order around the military or do this or do that um and finally i'll just say we can segue into the situation in the US right now and what that means for Kenya as well you have corona and you have these protests uh-huh. what are your views are you are you um, a caring member of black lives matter what are you <laughs> uh-huh. oh wow okay okay that's that's interesting um, interesting I, you know what they're saying about police you know i've been following i I'm, i've been obviously following Pretty much everybody is following the US because the US is, you know, we, we watch CNN, we watch BBC, we watch, these are also the international media that we watch. So it's, it, it, we actually follow these things, right? But I, I, I don't, I don't like talking about these things publicly, but yeah, it's safe to talk about them. So the Black Lives Movement in, in the US, you know, um, Wow. <sighs> Where can I start from? Well, this guys whatever they are doing um maybe I, I think they are well meaning but this is this just a, a sense in which they are not doing this right. There was someone who was asking um why does black lives matter only in the hands of a white policeman or in the hand of in the hands of someone white. You know? and there are people in the left saying whatever they are saying there are people in the right what is saying whatever they are saying the thing is i agree with that there's aggression there's uh, people are agitated for for the killing of of floyd and that was 
obviously something which is 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 wrong in human and all that and 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 it's justified to to be angry about everything and about that matter specifically not everything that as as is a, a, a lot of a lot of agitation as well concerning the plight of the black people in the US but i feel that the narrative they are carrying is is actually hurting the movement more than it's helping because exactly yeah it, it has be- become radical in a bad way you know they don't want to listen to anybody's opposed to the ideology you know i think people should be more open to to debating and to you know what is best for the blacks lives you know what is the blacks black lives matter movement is not what is gonna help the black black lives essentially wholesomely it might help obviously with um, with creating a narrative against police brutality and everything but i i i don't think in the long run it's something that is needed the black people themselves have a lot of problems that they cannot blame on a white person you know and that has to be dealt with and it's very interesting that the black lives matter don't don't want to care about the people being killed black people and black businesses are being shut down and being destroyed by protesters you know they don't care about that they they care about the narrative and they care that a white man killed a black man they don't care that a black man killed so many <laughs> black men killed so many black black people in protests you know in mm. just a matter of a few weeks they don't want to care about that and, and 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 so is the media the leftist media does not care about the the people are being killed and who are black you know so you you, you find this that discrepancy and hypocrisy of wanting to 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 you know to talk about black lives really no we want to to pursue a certain narrative and whoever is opposed to to black lives matter wow wow man it's like mob justice right there anybody who is against uh, cancel culture <laughs> cancel culture you know yeah. any kind of rapper who is against or we not only against but if you're kind of sitting in the middle or you're doing anything you're not doing anything like people are so agitated they whatever they are doing um can be justified because of anger but you know they have done it for so long now it is reached to like their lines to cross now it, it it has gone to a point where it's um it's unnecessary you know um even even in business we say the efforts are beyond a certain level they become they become counterproductive and black lives matter became counterproductive kitambo sana and ever they i i couldn't agree more yeah actually we helping it's yeah hard. whatever they are doing right now is not helping it's hurting it's i agree i agree this i think there's an ulterior motive uh behind the the actual people who who are instigating those riots and um i don't think it has anything to do with race maybe obviously it's sad that guy died the way he died and uh, but i i feel it was used i mean even the family was saying stop protesting but they, 
there's still contagion. So there's there's um there's an ulterior motive. I have a feeling it has something to do with Democrats because in my research I found that uh, with um, there's a website where they put out for you to donate to BLM. And the donations are actually going directly to the Democratic Party. So, <laughs> you know, um, I, 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 and the people who are donating actually thought they were donating towards the family of George Floyd. So it was a bit of a, a oh. lot of money was raised. I don't know how, how many millions, hundreds of millions. I don't know. It was a lot of money. That's, that's, very, the that's very interesting. Yeah, so... Uh, Corona? Any words? Do you think it's real? Fake? Do you think it came from what is it? I think they said a bat. Or did okay, it okay, before we talk about Corona, uh, yeah. let, me, let me finish up on the Black Lives Matter movement and everything, you know? Um, sure, sure. I, um, there, there's someone like Candice, Candice Owens, and then she did something she said, and all these people on the right who are saying whatever they're saying, and and mostly I agree with the right because I am disagreeable and it takes more intellectual, I think more intellectual thinking to to, to be on the right than the left. Um, to be, let's say, for example, to be anti-feminist than feminist. And so I think that this is not a time to be a logician, you know? They, when you put across your opinions on on serious matters as race, there's a certain way that, especially right now in, in the face of what's happening in the US, there's a certain way that you should put emotion in there, you know? As much as facts don't care about feelings, but people care about other people's feelings, you know? So the rest of the things we can, we can, we can do away with feelings and everything, but when it comes to things like race and everything, you can stick to your point. You can drive your point home without, without being logical too much to the point that, you know, you, you hurt, I think you hurt people in the process. So logic has to go with emotions sometimes. So as much as I love logic, but there are places where, you know, you, a bit of emotions can do. Hello? Yeah, hello. Yeah, hello. did you lose me? <laughs> no, just up a bit of emotions can what? Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. Um, I was commenting on what Candice, Candice Owens was talking about. Uh, you know, she was saying that, um, that, that, you know, there's the, the black people, they are praising um, the villains of, of the, of, of, of the black people. You know, instead of praising the people who actually matter the society, they are, they are praising the villains because they, like, for example, because he was killed uh, by a white, a white policeman. And, and yeah, that makes sense. But, uh, you know, you should consider the time and how to put such a message, a, a message across. And so I think that's why emotions are very important as much as we, we also want to, to be logical too much. So... So I think there should be a balance between those. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that I disagree with her. I yeah. agree with her. But you I don't with? disagree with her. But I disagree with the way 
she put the message the message across and the timing of that message there, there are people i love who, who are more keen with the way they, they articulate themselves um without having to to i thought she i think she wanted to provoke people a bit maybe she wants to run for office I Do you, do, do you know, um, I forget this guy, he was a gay Catholic who was a conservative at the same time. What's his name? But he went into obscurity, I think, oh. 2018, uh, because he made some remarks. Um, I'll get you his name. He made some remarks uh, about, you know, having a sexual relationship with an with a underage boy. And he was like, you know, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? Um, Wait, what? Let me get this. Um, so, yeah, so, uh, but I, I, I remember, what's his name? Mm. He has a fun, and he's also British. Uh, anyway, okay. so this guy, um, he was more of a provocateur. And I think Candice is the same. And for the most part, I I don't listen to those guys who are provocateurs, whether their message is right or wrong, because they are provocateurs. They are not really, yeah. you know, this is not like someone like Thomas Sowell or, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Milton Friedman, or these people who are actually intellectual in their approach towards, you know, life, What's politics, things? economics, or, yeah, policy. So, uh, for the most part, they just repeat talking points, and it's very actually it's very repetitive, and it's you know some someone like Ben Ben Shapiro, for example, um, yeah. if not for his writing of books, I think I'd call him a provocateur. <laughs> okay, but yes, he, yes, yes, I've seen him yeah, yeah. throw the middle finger to people. I've seen him doing all these things. I agree. I agree with him a lot of times, many times, hundred percent of the time. But there, but I think there are things he does just for for his media house, you know. So he has to be a bit like a media house and to to be to be a bit provocative and everything. Um, he's also a logician, so it's a good thing. But I don't think um, I I for. F- there are people who, who can speak better. That's that's my 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 thing. Yeah, yeah. No so, uh, mm-hmm. so as in uh, the, the conversation has to be more more elevating and 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 intellectual than merely uh, argumentative and I got yeah. you, you know that kind of conversation. So um, exactly. as we come to a close. Because uh, I'm realizing our time is almost up. Yeah. Um, you see, in Kenya, for example, our politics is <laughs> anabashedly tribal, and there's very little room for ideas, uh, in, yeah. especially ideologies. Uh, the mm-hmm. only ideology is your origin, where you come from, who are your parents, yeah. do you have mm-hmm. money. Um, mm-hmm. But how how do you think we can get to a place where we can have the kind of ideological culture wars that America is able to have. Because some people look at it like a bad thing to have this part between conservatives and liberals. 
but that's a good thing because the alternative is having it between identitarian groups like there we have it in Kenya so how do you get to a place where we're actually debating ideas and we are running for office on the platform of those ideas rather than you know I'm from this tribe please vote for me yeah, yeah I, I agree I agree on you with the, with the tribe we, we are thinking in a tribal kind of way it's like we're from this tribe so we vote for you or we listen to you and all that Basically, our political arrangement is based on tribe. But let me disagree with you on, on terms of... Uh, I don't think that the West is doing well off in terms of... In terms of... Um, you call it... Is it political diversity? Or in terms of the culture, in terms of intellectual... People can speak intellectually on matters and, and everything. So the problem I find in the US and the West civilization is that it's, there's a dichotomy, there's a duality. You know, you are, it's political correctness. You know, you have to feed into the, 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 the leftist narrative or the, the, the right narrative, which is crazy. In Kenya, anybody can say anything, you know, and it does not fit because we don't have the left and the right in Kenya. So anybody Raila today can say anything, Guru can say anything, given it's right, that's fine. But in the US, in, in, in the UK, it's so crazy. And it, people become so radical. The problem is not that they, they have those things existing. They have the ideologies existing. And those ideologies are good, you know? Like we have a conversation around capitalism or socialism. There are people always, you know, worrying about, about these issues. Yeah, and that's good. The problem, though, is that I don't think they're having conversations. Like, I don't, I don't think they're having conversations. I think people fear to to agree because anytime you listen to the other person, a person talking about socialism and you're talking about capitalism, you're going to agree, you know, because there are gray areas in all these matters. So I find that there's in, a lot of intolerance, a lot of intoler intolerance in, in the Western civilizations where people, I mean, if you're not politically right, if you're not political, if you, you're not politically correct, you know, you get, some kind of names. If you're not a Republican or you are not a Democrat or you're not on the left or on the right, someone like Jordan Peterson, like for him, he says what he says freely, you know? And sometimes he's branded names and everything because he's not politically correct. There are people who like uh, Shapiro is on the right. He always speaks for the right. Talk about Candice also on the right. So I don't like this kind of duality. So you have to be on the right, on the left. So a few people are like in between, you know? So I don't want an environment where we have a duality in the country. Although I want a, 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 a country where we have intellectual discussions, you know? We have intellectual discussions about leadership, about various issues. You know, here in Kenya, you never hear anything to do with capitalism or socialism or even climate change and everything. You know, you never hear of those things. So and let me say this. When you, 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 you read a post from maybe a speaker on YouTube, you read YouTube comments. Let's say when you're watching Jordan Peterson, you're going to see a lot of 
intellectual comments agreeing or disagreeing with him in the comments. But what's happening in Kenya? In Kenya, we're having socialites and we're having comedy is good, yeah, but we don't have we don't have like that intellectual prowess. I don't I don't think people read a lot in the country like they do outside. Even if I don't like the way they are politically correct, I can say they also read. I can say they have opinions about issues, unlike we do in Kenya. So I think that in Kenya we should have more more intellectual discussions around issues, more debates, but never, never to reach to reach a point where we are politically co correct in terms of ideology. Right now, we are politically correct in terms of which political political standing you take whether you belong to Tanga Tanga or you're with the government, you know? So that kind of political correctness we have, which is also, you know, but ideologically, we are not mature yet. Um, I think we should have more conversations about certain things. Um, yeah, but not like the West. We can do it better. I think we should do it better. It's, I think the environment they have there is so toxic. The campuses there are so so toxic like if you 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 are let's say you have you have a you have a right a right view and right by right i mean the ideology you have you're from the right and then you go to a campus where we have you have leftist radicals and then you people can actually report you i've seen so many videos like that people can actually report you and saying you're bullying them you know you saying your your hate hate monger and such things so it's crazy i don't admire that kind of thing at all so if you were to be okay so intellectually yeah. mature yeah. Mm. yeah yeah i i actually agree um you know the 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 it was the greatest fear of the founding fathers of America that things are going to be separated between two parties, two big parties, and and then that kind of a factionalism. It's the same thing that led to the destruction of the Roman Republic. Uh, you had essentially oh, yeah. the same thing, conservatives and liberals, but that time they were called optimes and uh, populares. Populares were the populists, Kina Caesar, Kina, all these guys who are for the people, they are legislating for the people. And then you had the optimists, the, the big guys, the, the conservatives, if you can call them, who, <laughs> who wanted to keep the status quo and they had all the money and etc. So that kind of a friction between two, essentially two parties, always leads to self-destruction. But, uh, I, you know, I agree with you that we need to get to a place where we are having more intellectual conversations i think that's part of the solution um and i think every every one of us has a, a part to play in that um you see it's 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 very easy to start a podcast to do your own fm thing to uh publish writing uh, that is speaking concerning certain subjects yes it may not do much in the immediate but with the next generation, because again, we change, you never target this generation. <laughs> I don't know if yeah. you know that. The people who, who, who them, yeah, because this generation is already made. It's already been educated, yeah. or let me say, miseducated. 
So you sure, always sure. look towards majority of the audience being the next generation. And, yeah. and so you, you educate them on correct civics, et cetera, et cetera, to the point where by the time you're leaving this world, uh, you, leave, you leave it behind better for your own people and uh, for Kenya as a whole. So in conclusion, um, yeah. tell me, um, you know, uh, where you see yourself in 10 years, what do you think you're doing? 10 years. And, uh, will you be married? What's going on? <laughs> and Ten years. also, like, what is your vision for your life? What is your vision? Wow, wow, wow. So the good thing about me, I am very futuristic to a point where I actually lose sense of what's happening right now. So uh, in 10 years, let me start with three years. I'm, I'm going to get married in, in three, four years from now. I'm either going to go to the social sector, doing social entrepreneurship and startups and everything, or in the social sector in, in an NGO or, or, or something. Um, in 10 years, I, 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 in 10 years, 10 years, I will be <laughs> 34. I'll be probably like a CEO or um, on the very top of the hierarchy of wherever I will be, even if it's in the private sector, even if it's entrepreneurship, even if it's um, employment. So I am for, for, for to be highest in the hierarchy. So I, can, I cannot not mention in, in specific terms of, of what's gonna happen. 10 years is a lot of time really. So I expect that I, you know, some people told, told, told me that um, maybe I can make a good, amb- a good ambassador that I, I should try politics that I don't know what and what and what. These people, people, people are saying that um, increasingly. So maybe there's something about my speaking. Um, so who knows? Maybe I'll be an ambassador then or something. Ten years from now, I'll be so big that um, if we play this this podcast, then wow, I'll be like, <laughs> my God. yeah. So so so. I'll be so big. I don't know how, but I know I will be. Yeah, all right. So, so, so yeah. Um, okay, all right. So, uh, as a final thought, is there any new book coming out? You mentioned that oh, um, yeah. you're doing something slowly. So, when can we expect anything? And is there any sneak? preview because i'll give you for like for me i've been doing this book for four years and i still feel it's not perfect uh i i run the curse of mm. of trying to do things perfectly um but again I, it's not a bad thing because it's also a journey uh for myself yeah. it's it's a, it's a huge topic so t- t- tell us about any new projects coming up what you can expect so I, I cannot say you're going to expect my, my book in, in one or two years. Because I'm talking about young people, I feel like I need more experience to to write that book. Although I can write it in terms of of words and everything. But I feel like in terms of experience, I need a bit of experience. You see, whatever I'm doing with the youth think tank right now is also part of the experience. The things I've done, ABCD, gone here and there, is, forms part of the experience. Um, if... I think I should really release this book in, in, 
probably when I'm married or something, you know. Um, so let's say it's a long-term project. I think about books that I was, I was told by my publisher is that, um, yeah, they're releasing a book right now or 10 years later. Um, the later is better because if you can make your book better, you go to as the long you the long you stay with the manuscript, the long you realize the mistakes, the the, the more you enrich your your writing and everything. And so if there are things to be rushed, it's not writing. Writing when you're writing a book, Chimamanda writes also very slowly. She she she, she writes a book like for four years for something, and they, and they hit, they become like a, a global hit. And so so the thing about writing is that. And then you have to know when you, you release the book because you have to must have an audience. You know, you have to be strategic when you launch it. And so I hope in a few years I'll be able to have the social capital and fame, quote unquote, so that book can have that book can have impact. Right now I can release it, but I don't think it's going to have a lot of impact. Like it will, I'm just assuming mm-hmm. like it will let, let, let's say three years or 10 years you're talking about when I'm big. <laughs> so yeah, for now, don't expect anything. In fact, expect that I be um I will not be writing so or so often and I will not be so much active on, on social media. But I'm doing crazy work on on personal level to achieve certain goals that, that I have. So probably you're going to see updates of where I've been or what I am right now or the kind of growth that I've I've achieved. Not in terms of writing yet. Writing is something that is not for money. Um, unless mm. to be a writer as a writer. <laughs> so, so, bro. Okay. Yeah. So I think that's, that, that will bring us to, to the end. And thank you so much for the opportunity and the time to explain yeah, yeah. yourself and your ideas, what you're doing, where you're from, etc. I yeah, hope yeah. this will be this will serve as an opening for other people to be able to think differently. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, to pursue goals more aggressively. So yeah. thank you so much, Boniface. All the best in your work. Um yeah. and uh, hope I can have you back uh, a second time later on. Yeah, so, definitely. So. Definitely. Um, next time you have some kind of thing I'm interested in, a debate, whatever, call me. Okay. Um, it's the culture we want to build up of people having conversations, intellectual conversations in the country. So, so thank you again also for for inviting me to your podcast, and uh, I'm learning from you because I also have a podcast, and uh, I, I I will invite you on sometime. But for now, I'm learning from you the way you do things. And so thank you, man. So, so, all right, so, so, see you guys next time. Okay, okay, thank you.